Thanks for tuning in again, everybody. We're back with your favorite podcast, Lucas, Tigers, and Bronze. Oh, my. Luca Nation, I want to kick us off today with a little story and then a question Ooh. for the big men. Stories, uh, stories, stories. I like stories. Put me to sleep. Well, I hope not. I hope I could tell it in an exciting fashion. First off, guys, we're going to be on Luca Nation. We're going to be on Clubhouse tonight, okay? Uh, so be kind to us. We don't know the dynamics. We're probably not going to be the popular kids right off the bat. Um, but we're going to go on. We've gotten a ton of requests. And our intention, our strategy, our motive is the same. We want to help you guys learn the sports card hobby and make money. Simple as that. Whether that's eclectic plays like Cage has with Marvel, Harry Potter, uh, autographed first edition Playboys, whatever it is. Yeah, not bad, right? I just thought none, of, none, of, none of my Playboys are in mint condition anymore. They're all very <laughs> sticky. Or, or mine, which are just straight down the middle, as Cage called it, you know, Zion Kobe. But... First, a little horror story with BGS that leads to a question, okay? So my buddy just subbed with him, and this guy has an eye like a hawk, okay? He's the one that, you know, before I met the big guy here, he was inspecting all my cards. He was saying, you know, this isn't worth subbing. This is. Anyway, he just sent a sub in cage. He uh-huh. had 15 cards. I'm very the- nervous, by the way. 15 the, cards in that I have sub. anxiety from this story. I, I already, it's not my cards. I don't know how it's going to go, but the, the buildup is already, I'm already nervous. So I, I can't wait to hear how this ends. Dude, he nervous has a for friend. So Drake uh, Magruder, not Champagne Poppy, messaged him uh, to look at one of his cards. He sent him good photos. It was a Topps Chrome Kobe 2008 refractor, which congratulations. That got a gem mint 10. But anyway, this guy is good at what he does. He subbed 15 cards, Cage. What do you think gem rate is? Nine, five, or higher? Well, the way you're setting up the story, I'm going to say zero. But, you know, you would expect if somebody's really an eagle eye on these things, you know, BGS nine and a half, he sent 15 cards in. You'd expect them to have probably like, you know, 11 or 12 of those. So he sent in, here it is, uh, 10 Kobe's, one Kobe white silver, and two Lucas. Maybe the math's not adding up. Maybe it's 11 Kobe's. He got one BGS 9.5 in the Kobe Silver. All of the Kobe's are BGS 8s, 8.5, and a few 9s. Crushed. His worst sub ever, Cage. And wait for it. Wait for it. Then they said, hey, I know you sent in two tops Kobe 138s, but we can't seem to find them. Allow us to locate them. Okay, We'll we'll be in touch. And here's the kicker. He also sent in a card, a $50,000 Giannis rookie patch order, crown royale, to get re-slabbed from a thin case to a thick case. Because if you guys know, those are the thicker cards. You know what they did? They re-slabbed it in the thin case where the, his patch is stuck to the front, of the front of the slab. Now, I apologize to be so morbid here, guys. But I want to ask Cage. If you were to say there's going to be a downfall in the hobby, I have four categories. And you tell me, and you could rate these in order from one to four. Which are going to be the ones that lead to the downfall the most? Is it grading companies? Is it manipulators no. that pump and dump? Is it importers that come into the hobby looking for clout? Is it the increased price of retail and wax products? Or as Cage will always add, I'll give you another option. 
So I can repeat those if you need, but the floor is yours. Well, it's it's another option. It always is another option. All those things are bad, but you know we've we're, we've we've seen in every market and in all phases there's manipulation. People are going to manipulate. It's going to be at all ends. You just have to be mindful of it. The grading companies basically they're at a point now where they can do no wrong. It doesn't make a difference. Um, you know we're beholden to them. Um, you know, re- wax and all that stuff. That's, you know, the inundation of wax. That's fine. Also, there's obviously a market for it. There's only one thing that could stop this. Now, I'm not going to call cards a pyramid scheme. I'm not going to call it that. You could call it that. I'm not going to call it that. But what keeps I like cards squares. Going, I don't like pyramids. Right, Although well. the, the Egyptian pyramids are kind of one of the wonders. So like, of the a, world. like a Punnett square where you can figure out, like, you know, genetic redundancies and whatnot like you can figure out who, whether or not you can be able to have a kid who has blue eyes and what the percentage is like with one of those you remember that you remember i do experience? like that i do so I do. so no but here here's what does it i think the hobby has to be refreshed with new blood new money new money to be spent the you know the top level cards go up that brings the bottom level cards up right there has to be people who come in and are able to make money in this hobby and make money and then they are the next people to buy the next level of cards think of it like any other pyramid, right? You have to refresh that bottom level in order for the people who currently are on the bottom level to move up to the top level, right? That's the way it works, right? Um, same thing would apply to a top shot, same thing would apply to anything else, right? A little less on, on the hobby in and of itself because it's just so huge, but what has allowed the hobby to grow over the last however many months slash years now are that people could find cards raw people could find cards people could open cards and people could then take that card they're in it for a sunk cost send it to a grading company and get that card back sell it and have more money to do the same thing over and over again or to buy another card that was higher priced to use their now profit on that card to get into the next level of that pyramid to buy a kobe rookie so your friend, he's got Kobe Whites and he's got Kobe Bryants. So, <laughs> you know, in just in that sub, that's the two layers of the pyramid. You know, there are people out there who are subbing a whole bunch of Kobe Whites and they were able to previously get those back, sell them and be able to move up to the next level of the pyramid and buy someone on that level's Kobe Bryant. And that person could then turn their money and buy a, you know, a Michael Jordan or whatever the heck is going on in, in uh, continued, continued levels. Everybody making money. And that pyramid, that... You know, that conveyor belt, that assembly line has been working very, very well for a long time. Right? Here's I'm what I think. hearing a little ruffling of your headphones. I don't know if the audience Sorry. is going to pick up on that. Here's what I think. Well, maybe, you know, I, I did not shave today. So maybe you're getting some some headphone facial hair here. Who knows? Make it all stubble. I your don't hair know. looks amazing as always. What's If we were to get a, a hair product sponsor, what who would you love to use? Is it, do you use L'Oreal? I use a guy. I do use a L'Oreal is my is the hairspray I use. You want me to go get it? I do. I use a L'Oreal hairspray, hundred percent too. So, guys, so, remember the show Jersey Shore? I w- I'm I'm curious what character you guys think Cage would be on that show if they did a remake. But keep going. Also, you haven't chosen any of the options I presented you. I said it's all of the above, right? Mm-hmm. I said it's my own option, right? So, but it was okay. mostly the grading, but not because of what you said, right? Not because oh, they're gonna stick your friends, you know, patch into the slab. It's <laughs> It's, it's so, so, I mean, I'm gonna take it a couple ways, right? So, and I'm gonna, I'll leave this right into also what my topic du jour would have been. It's the downfall of modern, 
right? And it, oh. it's, it is a lead in from what you're, you know, where you're going, right? So like, the, you know, what's going on with modern prices, what's going on with modern basketball prices, what the story is. And I, I think, you know, you have a slight amount of panic as well as stuff coming back from PSA at the same time. So people are undercutting their own prices and then there's more population, more PSA stuff coming into the market because that was what everybody was grading, you know, a year ago anyway. Um, but yeah, I mean, listen, what could really hurt this market is this. I opened a couple boxes of hoops, right? I opened a couple boxes of hoops and we got a Lamello and, and Ian actually got a Lamello out of 199, a really sick card, okay? Now you tell me, I'm a, I'm a new person in this hobby. I'm not, I'm not the host of a podcast. I'm not me, right? I'm not Vegas Cage, right? I'm just, I'm somebody who just bought into hoops, right? What in the actual F should I do with that LaMelo card right now? So here should, are my options. You should sell so, it. Okay. How? Go to eBay. Okay. So I go on eBay and I sell it. All right. And in two weeks, another product comes out probably not prism yet but another product comes out and people are all over that product's lamella ball and the person that i sold it to returns this or the person i sell it to looks at it and says uh you know what all four corners are not completely pristine on this and i see a little bit of a you know a little bit of a dimple on the uh, on the hoops uh, processing here it's not going to gem 10 i'm returning it right so is going to be the downfall of the hobby so that's one now, the other option you could have said is I should grade it. I should send it into PSA and grade it. Okay, so that card raw selling for a couple hundred bucks. So it's worth sending in with some, some kind of turnaround time. You know, I don't have to send it in bulk. But even with just a regular 45-day, 20-day, whatever it is. But how, what could am you, I how could you grade that card? So how like it wouldn't make sense for me to grade a Lamello Hoops card when a Zion PSA 10 sells for less than a raw card. So best case scenario, your, your upside is worse you have no upside, actually. Correct. Frank. So now I have this card that it, it, a box was $350. I got what you'd consider one of the best cards. Literally, the guys everybody's searching for. Not the base, but out of 199 Nice, like, silver numbered, the whole deal. And one, new products are going to come out. Two, the grading is an impossibility. And three, <laughs> selling it on eBay is going to be a problem because either someone's going to try to manipulate the lamello prices and it's going to end for a thousand dollars and no one's going to pay for it or oh, so you're, it's going to... you're being squeezed so no i'm saying that the downfall of the hobby is every single thing you mentioned it's degrading it's the ebays it's the inundation of wax because there'll be another wax on top of this it's the inability to sell cards anymore when you get the good stuff even the, i open a box i get the best card what am i supposed to do with it i literally am sitting here saying i don't know what to do with this card that i pulled out of a box well, you, you have you have nightmares from eBay returns that Darius Slayton card you sold yeah. in September. That was the last one. No, July. That's the last time I sold a card on eBay. <laughs> it was July. The lesson here, Luca Nation, is if Cage ever has a grudge against you, watch out. That's if Vegas, true. if Vegas Cage ever gets a grudge against you, look out. And he's a lawyer, so he knows the law. But I, I've made this hot take, and we're gonna get right into modern because I love that. <laughs> Yeah, that uh, that topic, and I have a, a few thoughts on it too. But I love that you went there. I love giving hot takes recently. And my next hot take is: this is my prediction of what BGS is doing. I think BGS saw a run in the '90s, in the 2000s. They're like, man, I kind of wish I sold my company. And now they're seeing a resurgence. And in my opinion, this is just my two cents. I have no evidence to back this up. 
what they're doing right now, the CEO of that company is profit taking. The shareholders of that company are profit taking. They're using their last slabs. They're running on fumes. They're raising prices because they know there's enough demand and they're just cutting their costs to the bone and they're increasing revenue and they're profit taking with the goal. This is just my two cents of selling that company in the next five years. That's my two cents. A lot of people won't agree with me, but I think in the next five years, BGS won't be around, not in the way that you see them now. Now, I think PSA nines as a result will creep up and shrink that gap between BGS nine fives. And I think over time, a min BGS 9.5 will be the exact same price as a PSA 9. Cage, yep. modern. So when a stock, if you look at modern prism PSA 10s, sure they're down recently, but they're what's even a little bit scarier is they're approaching some of the levels that they were early last year. For example, Zion and Ja, Ja was $400 prism PSA 10 last year. Zion was right around 500, 450. They're approaching those levels. And when a stock typically breaks the level of the lows, you don't know where the bottom's going to be. So yep. what do you think the bottom of modern can be? Do you think we might see a Prism PSA 10 Zion or Ja or Trey, a base, a base that sells for 250? Is that out of the question? Definitely not. What was your, uh, I'm going to tell you your, what was your Tyler Hero at its, at its, at its high? It Just was the base three, 10. I saw that. I have um, a lot of them outstanding at PSA. Me too. I wasn't super happy about it, but life is life. You see what it they're was, selling for? 100 and change? 180 for the Tyler Hero. It was 380 at its high, probably even over 400 at some points. I think you, you, sales, you, but... you could definitely get them less than 180 now, too, if you're looking for it. I mean, I think they're going to keep coming down because people have a ton of that stuff at PSA. And, and I think, you know, it is a race. It's a race to get rid of them. Everybody undercuts everybody. I have I have some myself there, so you know what's you know what's always interesting. I don't know if you guys follow the stock market or markets in general. Uh, the the race to the top is so much slower than the race to the bottom, isn't it? When when prices creep up little by little by little, it takes a lot more time than to, than when they start falling. Because when they start falling, they fall quickly, don't they, Cage? Yep. Well, because everybody is more patient. There's the, the fear of missing out is definitely more than the fear of missing the bottom. You know what I mean? Like, you know, everybody, everybody's like, oh, the thing's going down. I'll just wait. It'll keep going down. And when it does, forget about it. It keeps going down. You know what I mean? That's just the way it works. And, it, you know, that falling knife is difficult. So, and especially in cards and, and sports cards and whatnot, it's, it is a momentum thing. We've talked about this like a dozen times. You know, it's very hard once you lose that momentum, once you lose the steam behind a card and, and people fall out of favor. It's hard to get that back the way that it was. You're seeing it with Giannis, seeing it with Tyler Hero, definitely seeing it with Trey, seeing it with a lot of guys. I actually think, and it, it actually kind of dovetails into my play. I do think Giannis cards are underpriced, but I, I wouldn't make Giannis a play. Uh, I went with a different one because I, I wanted to go a little bit more iconic, a little bit less pop. Uh, but I do think that that Giannis card is a bit oversold. There's people into that card for six, seven thousand bucks. That card is right around twenty. I think it's three thousand bucks for a person PSA ten. Yeah, less? you can get it. You can get it cheaper than that. I gave that as a play last week. It's. I mean, it's one hundred percent and nine also. I mean, it's I over. It feels a bit oversold. oversold. Yep, that's exactly what you said. And you're right. Um, I like Giannis just because he's so young. And that was we talked about when we had that in there. But I don't want to move it towards Giannis. That was just a an example of of you know part of this overreaction, part of the losing momentum. I mean, that card it had some. It had a nice run. 
right? Yes, and it took a year to go all the way up and hit $6,000 change. But all of a sudden, boom, momentum gone, and it's half the price, less than half the price now. What category would you put a card like this in, okay? So I, I know we kind of bucket all Prism cards, all silver cards into one, but Giannis Prism 2013, the rookie card, but in the silver version, right? Yep. So even though that's a silver, which we just – you know, we always want to compare apples to apples. We want to compare it to Zion, Silver, and Lucas, but you can't. You just can't because there's only like 60 PSA 10s of that card. Where do you bucket that card? How do you analyze that? Is Giannis his own market that shouldn't be compared to Luca and Zion? No, no. I mean, listen, you can't compare the 2013 prisms to the, the more recent prisms, even even the 2014s. I, I have a, uh, a Zach Levine prism being sold on eBay right now, and it's hundreds of dollars, just a base prism. Now, Zach Levine's not on the same you know, level as Zion hobby-wise or Ja hobby-wise, but the cards are going to sell for just as much. You know what I mean? Just because the pop is uh, 10% because there's a 2014 prism, you know? Um, the Giannis Silver, it's its own class just because the pop is so damn low. And the Silvers then were not the same thing as the Silver right. Now. Very the silver nice now is like a silver, sil- silver Now is like a base card from then. You know what I mean? That, you know, the, the, the production numbers are just so much higher astronomically. Um, plus, Giannis has done significantly more in his career already than those guys. So I, I just I, I put him, you know, completely separate from, uh, you know, from from current market. But look, I love talking about this modern stuff, right? I'm gonna totally hijack before you get into your play, okay. and and just say this, right? So so, you know, we love the the thousands of you that are listening to this, and if you happen to be one of the, you know, couple of hundred that listened to us in the first hour, hit pause on this because we're probably gonna be starting our clubhouse right around now as you're listening to this, right? Um, and jump over and come join us live and we can chat. But, but you know, there's one thing I want you to think about. It's this, right? I give crazy plays. I give, you know, Harry Potter plays. I give, you know, Marvel plays. I give all this stuff. But, you know, there's money to be made there. There's money to be made there in the short term, right? And I'm not going all Vegas cage on you here and telling you there's going to be a bubble or collapse, the whole deal. But those plays I'm giving you, right? I'm not buying those and planning on passing them on to my kids, Right? There is a window for you to make your money on those plays. Same as the Marvel. And I will be as honest with you guys as I can. I was buying Marvel cards, and I've already started selling some Marvel cards. Right? I have sealed boxes that I bought for $200, and I'm going to sell them. They're $3,000 in change now. It's crazy. Um, you have to watch what's going on with modern basketball. Prism. 1920 Prism basketball. And use that as a guide for yourself on all of the other stuff that's being graded now, right? All the other stuff that's being gassed up now by whoever, other podcasts, other people, whatever, people on Twitter and Instagram, right? 1920 Prism, $380 Tyler Hero was great when he was in the playoffs and, you know, he was, he was doing, you know, he was doing his thing and there just wasn't that many of them. But after it gets to $380, Everybody knows about it, and everybody's chasing that 350 or 320 or whatever it's going to be, right? So what do they do? They open the product. They buy the raw cards. They scour eBay and Facebook and Mercari and Instagram and wherever the hell else, and they grab as many of these as they can, and PSA is inundated with them. And what happens? A little bit of the steam comes off of him. People are looking elsewhere. People are looking at baseball. People are looking at vintage again. People are looking at Pokemon. He's a now a sixth man, you know? And mm-hmm. all of a sudden, not only is there not the momentum, people are trying to, you know, trying to catch the ones who have it are trying to sell it. And the people who were searching it 
they're getting it back from grading. They're getting their PSA subs back. So you get this, this avalanche of it's a couple of months since they were hot and you get other people getting their stuff back and you see the card now at half or a third of what it was at and probably still going down. I love it. Be careful with the stuff that is the Tyler Hero at $380 now. And I'm putting a lot of stuff into that category. I'm putting tennis into that category. Yeah. Right? If I, I'm one of the ones who fell victim to this myself. I was counting the $3,000 per Mbappe APSA 10 while I had them at mm-hmm. PSA. And I was, count, I, was, I, was, I was picking out the color of my Lambo. Don't, don't, don't count the profits till you sell. Do not PSA, count the profits PSA was upcharging me. And then by the time I actually got them back in my hands, those things were nowhere near what they were selling for weeks prior. It was absurd. And I think, and, H, you're talking to, just so you guys on the other end understand, he's talking to the flipping audience, the short-term yes, yes. hold audience. The, we're not talking to collectors because more than likely collectors have one Serena Williams car that they got in really early and they're holding. And they're not really messing with base prison. Correct. We're talking well, to, to flip. I'm talking about all of this stuff. The Serena Williams cards where there's a pop of 10 or 15, and that pop is soon going to be 100. It's still low pop, but that is an explosion of that population. I'm talking about the Roger Federer guys. I'm yeah. talking about the guys who are buying the Marvel 1990 boxes now for $3,000 in the hope that they're going to open it, grade it, and sell their Black Panther for $2,750 like I did. That's not going to happen because by the time you get the thing back, People are going to be on to something else, and the pop's not going to be 16 on that card anymore. It's going to be 100. So I guess it's, it's cautionary tale. It's learn. It's, stuff has happened before, and yes, there hasn't been an explosion of Marvel yet, but what happened with modern basketball is a nice learning lesson for everyone. Now, do I think it's oversold? I think a lot of this stuff's going to go back up. Sure, I do. I think once, once all the pop hits and settles – um, you know, that there's going to be a new floor set up and those things can start to climb again, definitely. And the same thing will happen with Marvel, right? The same thing will happen with all those things. But it's not going to be a steady one of these. It's not, uh, it's not GameStop, right? It's not going to be a straight, you know, shot to the moon. It's going gonna, it's gonna to be up and then the population is going to hit and it's going to come down a little bit. And then everybody's going to get their stuff back from PSA. We're going to have a new floor. We're going to have a new pop level on these things. People are going to sell, people are going to buy and then it's, it might start going back up again. I think about how many of those damn things are, are PSA 10. So it's just, you know, be careful. Um, you know, no one ever got rich buying high and trying to sell low. That's <laughs> this. There's my, uh, my, my fun little cautionary tale for the day. I love it. Um, we'll get into my play in just a second. I will say though, Cage, I don't know if you've ever done this exercise, but it's a good way to. No, the answer is no. I've never done any exercise. You can. You tell don't. You don't exercise. <laughs> yeah. uh, it's a good way to visually see my snowball theory. Okay, so I don't know what the people on the other end of this line are in it for, but but I truthfully think it's to make profit. I really think at the end of the day, we want to live the life of our dreams. We want to have freedom. And we want to be happy. And for that, we want to make money. We want to have iconic cards, but we also want to make money. Frankly, I don't know. Maybe that's too blunt, too straightforward, but I think people want to make money. Point is, Cage, have you ever done this exercise? And if you guys are on the other end, open your iPhone, open the calculator app, type in $10,000 or 10,000, hit times, and then put 1.1. What that means is you have just returned 10% return on your investment. Okay. Okay. Now, this is how singles and doubles add up, Cage. 
Would you say a 10% investment in sports cards is a lot or a little bit on one play? So in recent years, it's not that much, <laughs> but 10% on any investment is a good thing. You know what I mean? Like the, you know, Warren Buffett, what does he you're get? You're just going to hijack. You're just going to hijack me here. No, is that, oh, I'm sorry. That was going to say, but I would say, I would say ten, making 10% is, is a very good thing, right? Everybody's right. talking about making 10 X, but making 10% on your investment, try going to a bank and asking them to give you 10% on anything on your money. They will so let watch, you out of there. So watch this. So if you guys start with $10,000, your portfolio balance, type in 1.1, meaning you made 10% on your investment and hit equals. Now hit equals 49 more times. What that means is you've hit a single, basically in sports cars, you're getting 10% return on your cards is just the bare minimum. People wouldn't even sell for 10% gains right now because sellers were pretty greedy recently. You hit that button equal sign 50 times, you're at a million dollars. So you can turn $10,000 into a million dollars by churning out 50 trades at 10%. How insane is that, Cage? I think that's pretty crazy. It's listen. It's the the penny doubling, yep. right? You get a penny every day doubling, yep. right? I mean, you know what you're what you're saying is it's consistent profit over time, and it's it's compounding interest. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Now, my play is a play that I think will will appreciate much more than ten percent, uh, just because of how scarce it is, how under the radar it is, and it's the upper deck PSA nine Shaquille O'Neal card. Okay, so. Cage, I think our audience got it a little bit confused. I don't dislike Shaq. And actually, frankly, there's probably never going to be another Shaq. There might be another Kobe. There might be another Jordan. But there was no one that's like Shaq. That personality, that size, being able to dominate like he has. Do you agree? Shaq is pretty iconic. You love Shaq. Shaq's, Shaq's my favorite, man. I mean, I, I grew up with Jordan, but I was a Knicks fan. So, you know, it was tough to really love Jordan. Um, that was a rival. Um, but when Shaq came, Shaq was the one that, that brought basketball cards onto the map. Not Jordan. I think, that's a, not Jordan. I think, I think that's a $500 card minimum uh, for the PSA 9. All Shaq stuff has appreciated. The Topps base and the Topps gold have flown. The Topps gold PSA 10 of his rookie card is, I think, over 10000 now. But this PSA 9 just hasn't moved as much. It's moved a little bit. It's probably 300, 350 now. Maybe you'll see some recent sales above 400. But I think you could get that card for 300 to 350 right now and sell it when it gets above 500. I think it's a really good play. I think it's a way to avoid modern and get into some NBA iconic stuff with lower pop and still at an affordable price. Love it. You know I'm a big Shaq guy, but you convinced me to start selling some of my Shaq stuff. So I actually am going to sell a little bit of Shaq. But I think it's because you have to be in the right card. Mm-hmm. It's not about being in the right person. You've seen, right, the right Kobe card, the right LeBron card have all gone up exponentially. The other LeBron cards have gone up, but not in the same way. You know, that tops gold seems to be what the internet pumping group is moving that card up. That's the one they've picked. Mm-hmm. The, you know, the the – the the Mary T's of the world and the uh, rest of the uh, the internet uh, cabal that is behind cards, according to Vegas Cage, have decided that when they want Shaq to go up, it's the Shaq tops gold, not the upper deck black card that's significantly lower pop and a much cooler looking card. So what I've learned from this market is you can't fight City Hall, you can't fight Mary T, you can't fight Vegas Cage. 
You can't fight the people who are actually controlling what's going on in this world. Um, despite the fact that science, mm-hmm. numbers, data, you know, and my own 2020 vision would tell me that the upper deck card, number one, Shaq, is the, is the better card. That's not what's being smoked right now. So well, water always finds its own its level. I just think in cards, things because it's not as liquid as a market at stocks, it takes a little longer to find its level. Yeah, I think what what will happen with water is that Shaq's top gold eventually will come down to the mean. The rest of the stuff will go up. Um, but but you are capitalizing on that rubber band effect, and you're you're being smarter than I was. I picked the wrong Shaq, thinking that I knew better, and that has not served me well in this market at all. You have to have the right card. So in PSA nine, that's fine because that PSA ten is just going to be way out of people's price range. So I like to play. Love it. What's your like it a lot? Um, my play. So tell me in the last couple of years, tell me the the big baseball prospects, right? This year and last year, who were the big guys that everybody was chasing? Right? You want to go through the list with me, and I'm going to ask you. Right? So tell me who the big guys. Right? Vlad. Literally. Vlad Guerrero. Yeah, Vlad. I, I, I miss Randy Rosarena. I miss yeah, Rosarena. Rosarena was a big name last year, right? Right. Lou, Lou Bob, Louis Robert. I mean, I, I, I don't want I wanted to put you on the spot to prove my point, right? So we got all these names. Tatis, right? Alonzo was a big one there. Guerrero was a big one. Bichette was a big one. We got all these names, right? Do you remember this name? Your Dan Alvarez. Air your Dan, right? Out of sight, that, out of mind. That guy was the guy. Right, he was the 2019 Rookie of the Year. He played half a season and hit 20 home runs. And Tops did him dirty, and they they didn't give him a card until the 2020 set where he had a rookie cup on his rookie card, similar to what we have on a lot of the cards this year that just came out, like Alec Baum's card. But I think this year is the year of Air Jordan's return. And I think that when we talk about crazy, crazy prices that are being paid now, $300-ish for, uh, for your Tatis cards, and everybody's, everybody's chasing Vlad Guerrero, even though who knows what's going on with, with him. You know, he's in shape, out of shape. Everybody's chasing Bichette because he's got great hair. The Astros are going to look real different this year, right? I mean, the, they may have to use plastic garbage cans this year. They're going to look real different. George Springer is a Blue Jay. Is he? I, yeah. And Altuve is coming off his worst season ever. The Astros, for a while there, while they were cheating, were chasing records for team offense. That's right. Um, and, you know, look like who knows what. They were in the playoffs again last year, right? There's all kinds of crazy stuff, right? Um, and what's funny about it is even with their lineup changes this year, they still have Bregman, still have Altuve, still have Jordan. Um a lot of war projections, because I've started to do what I tell you guys to do, which is read some fantasy magazines. A lot of war projections have them as the the top offensive war team in 2021 ahead of the Yankees, Dodgers, Blue Jays. And I believe the biggest reason for that is people are thinking, yeah, your dad's going to come back. Remember this guy, right? Two Junes ago, 27 home runs and 78 RBIs in just 87 games. Can you believe that? 27 and 78 in basically half a season. Season 162 games, he played 87. You're talking about hitting 50 home runs and 145 RBIs over the course of a season. I mean, you know what we're talking about? We're talking about like Joe Jackson type of rookie year numbers there. I mean, it's, it's, it's crazy, right? So the question became, 
Is he ever going to be able to repeat that? And last year took all the momentum and all the steam out of his card, right? Because he missed the first three weeks of an already shortened season because of COVID. He came back for two games and was shut down for the rest of the year with a torn platella tendon, right? He had surgery, arthroscopic, on both of his knees, right? And because of this, think about it. You had a guy who played in two games and then had surgery on both of his knees. So I guess it shouldn't surprise you that, and you know how much his PSA 10 rookie card, the top's flagship rookie card is selling for this week? Probably less than 75. 45 bucks. Look at that. Okay, 45 bucks. 50 bucks if you're really feeling generous and you want to overpay. All right? So, Alvarez, huge question mark. Huge question mark. But is he any more of a question mark than a freaking Harry Potter sticker would be? Or a Marvel card of the Dark Knight or, no, that's DC. Some weird comic book somebody you never even heard mm-hmm. of. Is it is it any more of a risk or a question mark than that? You know, buying garbage pail kids or whatever else. This is the rookie of the year who came up and had a historic rookie season, and he's now going to be in the middle of the order looking for offense, right? Looking for somebody to mash, right? And you know what I've seen this week? Videos of him on social media running the bases, mashing. He, he looks a little more svelte. He looks like he's in decent shape. If he can return healthy, and I know, and I'm acknowledging the fact that that's a big if, right? This is a guy who could really, really do well. He could really start mashing, and he's the kind of guy that – it reminds me of two years ago when we were loading up on, uh, on Pete Alonso cards, hoping at $35 or $40, hoping that he would start the season off, hit five or ten home runs in the first week or two weeks, and you could, just, you, you could flip those cards for twice what you paid, right? I mean, the guy had a huge in – his, in, in his season when he played, right? It's just the rookie year, and obviously it seems like it's forever ago. 49% hard hit rate, 15th best across major league. Right, 17% barrel rate, which puts him, I think, sixth in the major leagues, right? So not only did he pummel the ball, but he launched them, right? 292 expected batting average, 14% walk rate, which is top 20. So he's got good plate discipline, right? Basically, he was a top 25 hitter across the league as a rookie, right? Lots of fun numbers. I'm reading four or five different fantasy articles for you here. Why? Because... You can use fantasy analysis for cards. The same kind of thing. This is a guy who fell probably in should, fantasy right? drafts, right? Yeah, probably it's the same analysis, right? It, you for know, it's the same, same analysis, right? Somebody who fell in fantasy drafts, right? Right. So, so, but if he does what he did, you're getting a bargain. Just like you get a bargain in your fantasy draft, you get a bargain in your prices, right? So, I mean, this is this is a guy who, you know. You got Michael Brantley coming back. Altuve is obviously not going to be as bad as he did last year. You guys already know, people who have been listening to this for a while, know how high I am on Kyle Tucker when I gave him as a dollar play, and that kid was raking all of last year. Um, This is a team that finished the game shot of the World Series, right? And, uh, you know, even without Springer, the projections are their team is going to be better on offense this year than they were last year, and a lot of that hangs on, on your Dan Alvarez. And to me, I would rather I would rather spend three hundred dollars buying eight of this guy's cards or seven of this guy's cards than one Soto now. 
Well, so you can't. Soto's 500 bucks. Then one Tatis, right? Because Tatis has to, for that card, for Tatis to go from 300, and you guys know I'm a huge Tatis holder, so go buy as much Tatis as you like. I need those cards to go up in value too, but think what Tatis did last year to justify his card being at 300. For it to double, right? For that card to get to $600, what does Tatis have to do? He's got to win the MVP, basically, right? He's got to go out there and have a, an incredible season, which is very possible for that to double. But if instead you put the same amount of money in your Dan Alvarez, for you to make that double, the card's only got to go to $85, $90, which is cheaper than all the other rookies already, right? Mm-hmm. It's already cheaper than everybody else. It's, out. it's cheaper than Vlad. It's cheaper than, way cheaper than Tatis. Cheap, cheaper than Bichette. Cheaper than all these guys. Lewis Roberts. Cheaper and, than and all. I would argue, right? And I would argue that those penny stocks, those relative penny stocks they bounce way more than some of the other guys like if Tatis comes out and has a good first week his card might go 300 to 400 but at the same time if Jordan comes out and has a good week it goes 45 100 bucks quickly yep because I mean what's 100 bucks right like it's uh it's a different game I love the play and I I love how you analyze the market case it it seems to me you're turning your attention to baseball you're even kind of excited well because everybody else is still basketball. Everybody, you know, there's still football. I mean, friggin', I opened the worst box of my card opening career this there week we in optic football. Optic football box. It was awful. But people are still and and when they're not the kind at- of guy that can can have a year full of wins, open up a hobby box on like a Friday night with Ian, not get anything, and just remember that one loss. Dude, it was horrible. It was like, I know. And you know what made it more horrible was I think no. I told you the guy before me in the in the store opened up the one of the boxes from the case and got a Joe Burrow gold auto out of ten. Well, dude, you're playing a slot machine that just cashed out the jackpot. That's exactly right. You're hundred percent right. But I already committed to buying the box from my guy, so it's not like I'm gonna say, "Hey, by the way, you, this case is kicked." <laughs> I, want that. I, don't, I want yeah, that. Box. I want that. That was my box. Give I want what box. he's having. I yeah, want what he's I'll, having. I'll have what she's having. Yes. No. It's it's not. I. I mean, obviously, I knew I wasn't gonna get that in there. Although with the collation that Panini had, I think I got five colored cards, and they were all Max Crosby. But you, you got know? DK Metcalf. Yeah, I got a Metcalf silver, yeah. But I did get two Max Crosby's. I got an auto. I don't know who the hell the guy is. It was just – it was it was, it was a, a bloodbath. Um, but it's – whatever. It is what it is. You know, you got to open some stuff. You have to have some fun. Um, <laughs> you know, I opened up a Topps baseball box and uh, a hobby box. And the first pack, we had a tattoo short print in it, which was kind of cool. You know, I'm a Tatis guy. So, you know, the card gods even things up. That's how this works. You know, this is how it works. But guys, listen, you know, it's not just it's not just your Dan, right? We talked about Gavin Lux, although I think your Dan's actually a safer play than Lux right now because um, two reasons. Number one, he's definitely going to be in the lineup, right, which, which you can't say for Lux. And number two, the Dodgers are not going to be leaning on Lux. You know, if he makes the lineup, he's going to be the eight hole. You know, he's going to be, you know, way down in that lineup. Whereas Jordan, they're going to be looking at him to carry the offense now, right? They just lost a big player, right? And, and, and you know, they're going to be looking for him middle of the lineup to be mashing. Um, so, uh, to me, this is just one. There have been a couple of baseball plays like this that I went all in on. And I'm going to give you guys the chance, right? So, I'll give you till Valentine's Day moratorium i will not jump on them and people who know me people who have seen my moves in the hobby know that i will i'm a little bit insane and i will buy every card up to a certain dollar point um and i did it with pete alonzo um i will do it with this so go scoop them up because i think this is one you can't lose on 
if the, if the guy gets hurt again, his PSA 10 is going to be 38 or $40. You know, they're 45 right now. So, you know, I mean, you know, what's, what's going on? I mean, it's just one of those, it's just one of those things, right? Where the downside is just not there. The upside is significant. And that's what you look for. All right, Luca Nation, I need to jump off here. I'm going to go do voice exercises to prep for Clubhouse. Make sure Voice that... exercises. Let me hear one. I'm hitting the right notes. I want to hit the Let right me hear one. Let me hear. I want to hear. I was like, rubber, I say rubber baby buggy bumpers. Rubber baby bump, buggy bumpers. See, yeah, yeah. Look, you got <laughs> rubber baby buggy bumpers. Go ahead. Rubber baby bugger bumpers. Yeah, you still can't do it. How about this one? One smart fellow. One smart fellow. He felt smart. He felt smart. Two smart fellows. Two smart fellows. They felt smart. They felt smart. Three smart fellows. <laughs> Three smart fellows. <laughs> they all felt smart. They all felt smart. Now say say it fast. Three times. One smart fellow. He felt smart. Go. <laughs> one Go. smart fellow. He smelled. He smelled. Fire. No. Yeah. Yeah. You can't do it. Too. You can't do it. First one. You got him smelling farts right off the bat. What's the matter with you? There we go. <laughs> For your you guys. never heard that. You never no. heard that before. <laughs> For your guys listening, enjoyment. For you guys listening, pleasure. Hopefully we're able to capture that. Luca Nation, we love you guys. We hope you're profiting. We hope you're enjoying the show. The numbers keep going up. Uh, the feedback is through the roof. Please keep it coming. It's unbelievable the growth we've had. We look at the charts every day. It's just a testament to word of mouth. Like we don't do any marketing. We give away some cards every once in a while, but you guys are the backbone of everything we do. So please, please, please keep it coming. And we'll see you guys tonight or hear you guys tonight on Clubhouse. Thanks, everybody. Thank you for spending some time with us on another episode of the Lucas Tigers and Bronze Oh My podcast. Um, do us a favor and like, subscribe. Ah, you know what? Don't just like and subscribe. Everybody does that. If you like us, tell your friends, tell your neighbors, tell your enemies, tell everybody. And uh, we hope you got something from spending some time with us today, and we'll see you next time. Thank you.